It's not if your partner is going to hurt you, it's when. And it is you understanding that as soon as someone means something to you, they have the power to deeply hurt you. Welcome to today's podcast episode. I hope you're having an amazing day so far, whatever it is you're up to. Here in Australia, we've just come off the back of Mother's Day yesterday. If you're listening to this episode in real time, I really hope that you had a great Mother's Day catching up with loved ones. And I hope it was just jam packed with happy memories and beautiful moments. But please just know that if it wasn't, and if it was a really hard day for you personally, you're not alone. Mother's Day can be a really tricky day for so many people, whether that's because you've suffered a loss, you know, not having your baby or baby's earth side, of course, makes Mother's Day incredibly hard. Not having your mum here makes it hard. Having a fractured relationship in a family can make it hard because it can feel like everyone everywhere else is having this perfect Mother's Day experience And so it can feel really isolating and lonely on these days that are, you know, highlighted and I was going to say forced upon us. But I know that's not everyone's experience because Mother's Day can be such a beautiful time. I, you know, when I think of Mother's Day, I'll always remember that that was the day that um, I shared with my family that I was pregnant with the boys And it's one of those things, I always had this inner knowing that when I was pregnant, I would be telling people on Mother's Day, and I can't describe it, but the way that it unfolded, there was a family Mother's Day breakfast, and it just all worked out, even though it was certainly not planned. The boys were a massive surprise, but when I think of Mother's Day, that's one of my happiest memories. And so even if yesterday was a really rough day for you for whatever reason, Try and think of a positive memory if you can, you know, and and maybe you can't and that's okay. And I think it's, you know, an exercise in compassion for ourselves and nurturing ourselves and looking after our own inner child when we are feeling triggered and sad. So I just wanted to acknowledge that up top because I know that for a lot of people, Mother's Day isn't the hallmark experience. So today's podcast episode is a relationship one, and typically our relationship episodes are our most listened to. We know that they get downloaded and re-listened to, and I often hear from people after relationship uh, relationship episodes, and I guess that's because our relationships are such a huge part of our life, right? I remember reading this quote years ago. And even as it's sort of coming to the top of my mind now, I'm thinking, oh, I don't know how I feel about it because it is quite gendered. But it was this quote along the lines of, you know, especially for women, if our relationships are going really well, then everything else in our life tends to feel easier and lighter and more enjoyable. Whereas if our relationship is going through a hard time, it's fracturing, we just don't feel secure or safe within it, 
then it really bleeds out and impacts so many other areas of our life from how we're parenting to how we're being friends to the way that we work, the way we think, the way we function. You know, if your relationship isn't stable and secure, it does just bleed out and impact you massively. And it's one of those things. And I think it's really hard to actually, you know, put into a silo and contain it and be able to think and feel clearly about other things until you've kind of reckoned with whatever is going on in your relation relational life. Um, so relationship episodes are always really popular. And this one in particular today is surrounding relationship rescue. And my guest today, Tracy, there were so many little things that she said throughout our conversation that I really think will be impactful and helpful because it's so easy in this day and age to think that some people just meet someone and they click and it is easy and smooth sailing without ever a bump in the road or a wave or a ripple or any of those things. But it's just not the case. You know, life presents us with challenges. Relationships present us with challenges. There are so many different things that we have to contend with, stresses and pressure and all of it. So relationships are never going to be 100% smooth sailing. And so today's episode is about exactly that. But before I tell you a little bit about today's guest and the things that we cover in this episode, I thought I would share a few recommendations. So Brendan and I have recently started watching this series on Stan called Your Honor. We haven't gotten all the way to the end yet. So this is a recommendation, but the caveat is I haven't watched all of the episodes yet, but we are really like enjoying this show. So Your Honor, the official description is... Adam, the son of a judge, gets entangled in a hit-and-run case which involves a member of a mafia family. As a result, his father tries to cover up his crime in order to protect him from the law. So that's like the official kind of synopsis that pops up when you Google it. But it's such a um, layered show. So your honor, he's a judge, his son, again, involved in this hit-and-run accident, and there are so many layers that just get presented and presented and presented. There's racism, there's corruption in the police force, corruption, you know, with the judge himself. There are so many themes of privilege, and it's a real domino effect throughout this series, you know, something happens and then that just leads to something else that's like wildly unimaginable. And it's this judge who is just swimming so fast, like really, really trying to do the most to keep his son safe. It's one of those shows that I can get a little bit anxious watching because I'm like, ah, ah, ah. But you find yourself going inwards a little bit when you're watching this because you find yourself thinking, huh, what makes a bad man or a bad person? You know, there's someone that on the surface can seem so good and so holy and um, so honorable, 
but you see you see the mask start to slip and it just brings up a lot of moral queries i guess a lot of moral dilemmas of how far would you go to keep your family safe so that's a recommendation for those of you who might be looking for a new tv series to watch it's definitely not a family series it's an adult one your honor and it is on stan just quickly a word from today's sponsors Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members. In that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The second thing I thought I would recommend, and I'm recommending this because so many people will slide into my DMs and say, hey, can you share the recipe for dit, 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 or whatever it is, or what's in that snack, what's in that meal? And one of my most saved reels is actually the one where Brendan and I are making this sashimi layered dip thing that we often have for dinner, this Mexican thing. It's so yummy. But recently, Brendan has popped up a reel of this snack that he made for me. He's kind of taken it on board as like a personal mission to start creating snacks or meals that I really want to eat because I can be a bit indifferent sometimes with food. You know, I'll eat the same thing over and over again. I definitely would say I'm more of a foodie since getting to know Brendan more because he has such a passion for food and eating out and trying new things. But he had this idea the other day to like grate a zucchini, peel it, not a a zucchini. My gosh, speaking of food, I need to go and have some lunch after I record this, but to peel a cucumber and use the skin of the cucumber or the whole of the cucumber. I'm not doing this justice, guys, but you know when you go and get a salad wrap from somewhere and it's, you know, a rice paper roll and it's filled with really fresh ingredients? He had the idea of using a cucumber to wrap, to create a wrap. So there's salmon, there's uh, cream cheese, there's capers, and he's rolled it all up. And this doesn't sound great, but it was delicious. If you go on over to his Instagram page and have a look at his Reels section, he's not posting them to his actual feed. I think he's trying to keep that fighter grid going, but in his Reels section, you should be able to find that food clip. And it's just really fresh and really delicious. And so he made that for me the other day. And when he's back from work, I'm definitely going to request that he whips that up again. It was so, so yummy. So those are two recommendations, a little recipe you can go and check out and a show as well. But more importantly, and why you are here, let me tell you about today's guest. So Dr. Tracy Dalgleish helps to empower women and couples to really improve their comms and to build strong and healthy connections with themselves, but also with each other as well. Dr. Tracy regularly contributes to popular sites like Motherly, Huffington Post, and Bustle. She also has her own podcast, which is called I'm Not Your Shrink, where she dives deeper into clinical knowledge and research in a very relatable and informal way. Her book, which is titled 
I didn't sign up for this. A couple's therapist shares real-life stories of breaking patterns and finding joy in relationships, including her own, will be available this year in September. I came across her over on Instagram and I thought, I need to reach out to this woman and see if she will come and have a chat with me. And she did. The things that we chat about include repairing after conflict, connection, uh, how to stop that cyclical nature of having that one same fight. You know how it's really common that couples just have like this one core issue that they keep getting stuck on while we talk about breaking that cycle? There's a lot of good stuff in here, and I really, really hope that you enjoy this episode. It would mean the world to me if you do share it on your stories or jump on over, leave a comment or slide into my DMs, whatever works for you, and let me know if this was a helpful episode for you. It really does make a difference when I hear from you, the listener, because I can then go out and curate more episodes that are in line with the things that you're taking uh, or the things that land with you really, really well. Podcasting sometimes can be a bit of a lonely thing, like obviously not when I have a guest online to chat about, but you know, you create this thing and you put it out there and you hope it's well received. So it is always really lovely to hear from you, the listener. All right, without further waffling on from me, let's get into today's episode, which I have titled, I didn't sign up for this. Dr. Tracy, thank you so much for agreeing to have this chat with me. I'm so glad to be here, Kylie. This is something that is so meaningful to me to be able to connect and share with other mothers, especially around the world. You have a book coming out soon and it is called, I Didn't Sign Up For This. Mm. And when I heard that title, I was like, that is the perfect title for a relationship book because how often do we find ourselves in the middle of a conflict or you know, in the middle of just thinking about our relationship and going, oh my gosh, I didn't sign up for this. I have seen it so many times in my office. I have seen it with the family trying to blend after initial separation and now finding a new partner and they're trying to blend their family and navigating co-parenting difficulties, especially if there um, is high conflict with an ex. Uh, I see it with couples trying to navigate the mental load or communication patterns trying to navigate sex. It is just this common theme that shows up, particularly for mothers when they come into my office and say, this isn't the relationship I thought I was signing up for. And how much of that is surrounding our expectations? Because I didn't sign up for this. It just sounds like, hang on, I didn't sign on the dotted line for actual hard conversations or hard truths or confrontation. Like I signed on the dotted line for my Disney prince. Thanks. Mm, oh my goodness. Could, could we boil it all down to our expectations? No, but is there a huge piece in there? A hundred percent. And I think Kylie, what we tend to do in our relationships is that we lose the knowing that we're supposed to struggle at some point. It's not if your partner is going to hurt you, it's when. And it is you understanding that as soon as someone means something to you, they have the power to deeply hurt you. And it's inevitable. And we're not, and we don't need to talk about big hurts, but when we talk about those moment to moment experiences we have each day with our partner, we're going to struggle. 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It reminds me of how Brene Brown often says, if we don't experience vulnerability and we don't experience sadness and allow ourselves to, you know, feel the grief or feel the hard moments, that also stops us from allowing us to feel the joy as well. And so I guess what I'm hearing from you, Tracy, is there is that duality. If you Mm. want that love and connection, expect that that love and connection sometimes can be a bit prickly. A hundred percent. And then also too, we've got the ongoing grief of previous stages of a relationship. And that's not a bad thing, but it's the way of, you won't have that first kiss again, but you do know what it means to have deep kisses that stir butterflies in your belly. You will no longer have those dates where you text each other and say, I can't wait to see you. And you also have meaningful memories where you can say, do you remember the time when we, right? So there's always this ebbing and flowing. And especially when it comes to parents, I like to remind them that this is a season that they are in. And just as trees and flowers go through seasons, some produce more flowers and are more beautiful and easy. Maybe there's a feeling of effortlessness and others are hard and a little bit darker. I love the expression, the ongoing grief, because long-term love really is a series of losses, isn't it? Yeah. And so often in life, I think we're always in a hurry for what we don't have. You know, if we're single, we're in a hurry for that deep connection. You know, when you're single, sometimes you think, oh, I just want to be sat on the couch with my person. But then maybe a few years into being sat on the couch with your person, you're thinking, oh, I just want to go out and be free again. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of just such a human experience to just long for the thing that you don't have. Mm, which taps into that really important skill that we need to to practice, which is gratitude. And I love putting in savoring in there as well. Gratitude of being able to say, what do I have with me? What is it that I am grateful for? How can I acknowledge and appreciate this moment? And that can be so powerful, right? Uh, Kylie, I remember with even with my first, with my son, and I, I had the mentality of, I can't wait until I can't wait until he can sit up on his own. I can't wait until he can start to crawl. I can't wait until he can walk. And it's this this wishing forward rather than just being here. And that was the gift that I felt I got from him. So that when my daughter came along, I was able to sit in and be present and let go and accept more of what was happening. And I think that is so true in all of our relationships. And Brene Brown talks about this in The Atlas of the Heart, which is that bittersweet experience of relationships, of watching us grow, watching our children grow, that we have grief and sadness. And then also this deep sweetness and love and joy that comes with it. When it comes to relationships, do you observe that a lot of couples tend to have the same argument, the same conflict over and over and over again? 
Mm, absolutely. And it's interesting because we can argue about, let's see, what are the, some of the things I've heard in the years? We can argue about how a vegetable is cut. We can argue about how something is made in the kitchen. Lots of fights in the kitchen, right? Because that's where we spend a lot of our time as couples. How something about kids and parenting, about sex and in-laws. And the argument, the disagreement always sounds the same. And underneath that are these core primary, I call them softer feelings that are not being shared. They're not being expressed. And then our needs are not being met. And so then the more we cycle into these negative feelings like anger, frustration, irritation, then the more distant we become. And so that pattern, whether we're talking about the socks on the floor, the dishes in the sink, the pattern is I get angry at you because you're so defensive and I get defensive with you because you're so angry with me. And then away we go into a cycle or a dance. And so if someone is listening now and they're nodding along going, oh, yes, I know the cyclical nature of that dance where we are continually having the same conversation, same confrontation, where does someone begin with wanting to make a change in those patterns? Recognition is the first thing. That is one of the most powerful things that we can do is to just recognize when we start to get into that cycle. I created a free quiz on my website, drtracyd.com. And the quiz is, it's an educational quiz. It's not an assessment, but it helps you identify what cycle you might be getting stuck in. So there's three common cycles that Dr. Sue Johnson talks about. We could get stuck in finding the bad guy. It's like one upping each other. The other one is, she calls it the polka dance. It's this more pursuing and shutting down or defending. So it's the back and forth, or it's the freeze and flee, where people tend not to talk about their conflict. They sweep it under the rug, but really underneath, there's all of this anxiety. For you listening, one of the most powerful things you can do is when you feel yourself starting to escalate with your partner, which might be shortness of breath, increased anxiety, increased anger, tension, you might be saying the same thing over and over again, you might be feeling confused or like you want to shut down and walk away. It is so powerful to be able to say, well, hang on, I think we've lost each other here. Let's just pause what's happening. I'm going to take 20 minutes. Let's come back to this because the way we're going right here is we won't get anywhere. And that's important for both partners to have an agreement is when we want to change this negative cycle, we have to learn how to actually say and agree together. We need to take a break. Yeah. To have a plan. And if someone is in a relationship where they feel like their partner's not really willing to come to the table with that plan, can someone still make a change if they decide, okay, you know what, I'm just going to make these changes independent of how my partner feels about it? Mm -hmm. It's the entire basis of Be Connected, my online program, because Kylie, so many women kept showing up to my office, to my community saying, I want something to be different. And my partner is not wanting to do anything. And so I always encourage people to look inwards and to say, what do I need? What am I not getting met right now? And how can I start doing that for myself? For many people, they're not expressing their feelings and needs because maybe they don't want their partner to get defensive. And so the work we can do then is ask ourselves, how do I tend to show up to conversations? How do I express my needs? If you tend to be someone who is more critical or perhaps you tap into anger a bit more, um, practice softening what you're sharing and saying, I feel. 
I feel sad. I feel upset. I feel alone. I feel distant and attaching that to a need. So you can choose how you are expressing what it is that you want and need to your partner. But the other piece here is that we're pretty predictable as humans. And so we know that our partner is likely going to respond in the same way. And so if you know that your partner is defensive, which by the way, Kylie, I don't know if you've listened to it, but it is my number one podcast episode with Greg, my husband on it, being my expert in defensiveness because it's just such a relatable experience, right? But if you know your partner is going to be defensive, have your response prepared rather than getting wrapped up in that cycle. So I like to remind people we are in relationship with others and that according to systems theory or the third law of motion, which is that when you change a force onto something, that reaction changes. And so if you are both spinning together and one of you decides to spin the other way over time with repeatedly doing something different, your partner might say, huh, they're actually not coming at me so critically. Maybe I don't have to be so defensive. And oh, okay, she is or he is being different in that way. And I think creating those changes can be really tricky when you feel your partner's expectation. Mm. You know, I think a lot of people can relate to being like, oh, I can tell my partner is expecting me to act a certain way. So then you kind of show up in that way. So even taking a moment, I imagine to go, hang on, what am I bringing to the table? Yes. But also what do I think my partner expects of me? Mm. And just understanding there's that kind of level as well. One of the best things you can do for those listening is before you go to say something to your partner the next time, or if they've shared something with you and you feel yourself starting to get reactive to that or triggered to it, pause. You don't have to say anything in that exact moment. You might say something like, thank you for letting me know. Hmm, that's really helpful. I actually don't know how to respond right now. I think I need a moment to think about that. Or my go-to one is, tell me more about that. I don't think I understand. Which that beat, that pause, which is the, you know, as between a stimulus and a response, giving yourself more space to notice what's happening inside of you and to ask yourself, what is happening inside of me right now? What is this triggering? Is this really what my partner is doing? Or am I being catapulted back to an old time zone where maybe a parent spoke to me this way, or my ex-partner used to do this, or, and then bringing yourself back to this moment and reminding yourself who is in front of me right now. I think that's such helpful advice. There's so much power in a pause. And then that quick reality check of who is in front of me right now. Mm -hmm. And I've had this conversation with my partner where I've had to say to him, hey, like it's me, like I'm not the enemy. We're on the same team. And that language seemed to really break through for him in terms of noticing, oh, if he's becoming more triggered or more activated, actually understanding, oh, hang on, just take a moment. It's me. And I'm never the enemy because I'm the person that loves you the most. Like, let's make sure that we understand that because it really feels so threatening and so scary in your body sometimes when you are activated. And as you said, when you're triggered, you know, to a moment in time, maybe when you were helpless and you weren't able to look after yourself, it feels very real. And I remember a previous guest saying to me, if it's hysterical, it's historical. 
Oh, I love that. that. Yeah. Always stuck with me. I'm like, that's mm. such a good one. That's such a good one. And I think too, the other thing is remembering that as a child, you learned these really adaptive strategies. It made sense to um, get defensive or it made sense to shut down or it made sense to yell and scream to try to get your needs met. That was adaptive as a child. You had to develop that to survive and to stay safe, right? To stay safe. What I mean by that is to stay safe in the attachment sense of being emotionally connected with your caregiver. That's what children do. No eight-year-old will say, I better get defensive here so that mom will finally listen to me and I'll get my needs met, right? Like that's not what, it's not conscious like that. And then as an adult though, what's so important though is to remind yourself, I don't have to do that anymore. I can make choices for me. I am an adult that I can look backwards at my little me and say, hey, I got you. We're here today. I'm going to put my hand on my heart and say, you do not need to do what you did before to stay safe. You are here. You can do this for yourself. And if that means, hey, love, I can't talk right now. I really need 20 minutes because I am just shutting down and I know that's not going to work for both of us. Then you being able to say that and reminding yourself, I'm not back there. I can do this for me today. So helpful. When couples are experiencing conflict, say they've just finished having a disagreement on whatever scale, how do you recommend people come back together and connect and repair? Oh, oh, the repair. It is this magical skill that for so many of us, we don't know how to do. And can you, so for those listening and for you, Kylie, can you think of really having anyone model what repairing looks like? No. And even recently, I was saying this to my partner about healthy disagreement and healthy discussion, mm-hmm. the importance of modeling that for our children yeah. because, and like healthy resolution and repair as well, because so often as kids, you might hear your parents fighting but you never actually see the repair part and for good reason, for some Uh some reasons, I imagine. Um, But yeah, it's not modeled for us, is it? That coming together and like, I see you, I feel you, thank you for going through this with me. Like we don't Mm -hmm. get a healthy diagram of how to do that. I wrote exactly that in my book in the sense that we we do do. (laughs) not receive that model to us, right? So yeah, so then here we are in a relationship. I mean, our relationships are some of the hardest things that we are doing, and yet we have the least training for it. I go to school for how many years? I have a PhD on my wall, but did I ever have a communication course for myself between the ages of, I don't know, eight and 18, eight and 22, when my brain's done developing? No, absolutely not. So, okay, so what do we tend to do? We tend to come back to repair having more words and wanting to argue our point more. So I want people listening to remember that you and your partner do not have to see everything eye to eye. In fact, there are going to be a lot of things that you will see differently, and that is okay. What you want to be able to do is acknowledge your role and your contribution to what happened. Just take responsibility for some small piece and acknowledge that and acknowledge it from a place where you are letting go of your ego, which means tapping into vulnerability. I'm going to be vulnerable when I do this, and I know that. I... I encourage people not to do it from a place of ego, which says, well, I did it. So now you have to do it or you have to do it right. Because when we're in our ego places, we're not putting we as the front and center. We're putting I 
and me. And it has to be into the we. So if you're the first to repair, maybe this is the lesson that you are giving to your partner and you're going to teach them what repairing looks like. And maybe we can build acceptance and compassion around that. So being able to acknowledge some small piece, super important. Apologizing. I learned how to apologize really quickly in my marriage. And it became a really good skill, not because I'm a couples therapist, but because I could see how our negative cycle would take over. And I was equally responsible for the struggles that we were getting into. It makes sense, right? So apologizing for something. And then also I think physical connection is really important. Instead of using more words, there are some people who need that tight squeeze. They need the handholding. They need you to cross the bridge to be on your partner's team. And that often looks like, okay, let's go and do something together. Let's hold hands. Let's cuddle on the couch. Can I massage your arm or your feet or rub your hair? It's so true. Someone just has to go first. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is. It's breaking that kind of force field of going like, oh, this feels like sticky and a bit uncomfortable, but I am going to reach across and I am going to put my hands on their legs and I am mm-hmm. going to look them in the eyes and say, hey, I got it wrong. Or hey, yeah. this is what I could have done better. Mm-hmm. I think that that's such an incredible skill. And yes, it's something we need in our romantic relationships, but it's a skill in parenting as well, I think. Like oh, the amount of times man. I will go to my children and say, uh, you know, a similar version of that, you know, say the wheels have fallen off and things have gone a bit awry and I'll go and I'll take my, you know, take accountability Mm -hmm. for my part in that. Mm -hmm. And I can see at nine years old, they've got that skill. They take accountability for their part. So I think it's, yeah, not only healthy for our romantic partnerships, but all relationships. And there's this piece that I hear from many people and they'll say, It's easier to have that empathy for my child, which circles us back to where we started, Kylie, which is around the expectations. We look to our partner with these harsh adult-like expectations that in order for us to be a team, you should just have all of your things together. And in order for us to be a team, you shouldn't have any needs or feelings or have struggles within this because I'm going to pour all my empathy to my children, to our children, and not to you. And that's not how teams work. Teams work to have empathy and vulnerability. All of the braving that Brene Brown talks about, we need to have that with our partner and we are running the most important team in our relationship. So I think that comes back to let's adjust what our expectations are and to remember, actually someone just reminded me of what I had told them to do. I said, if you're having a hard time connecting with your partner, pull up an image of them as a younger child. Put it on your phone, put it on your screensaver, just have it with you somewhere so that you can remember that they are just that little person inside. There's an inner child in them that also needs to feel loved and soothed and they're doing their best. I think that is such sound advice. I can remember a couple of years ago going through a really hard time and it makes me teary thinking about it, but I made my screensaver a photo of me when I was three or four because I was really struggling to access compassion for myself. And just that simple reminder, that photo of myself as a little one on my phone was truly helpful. So I can see how having a photo of your partner Mm -hmm. as a young, you know, as as little them 
really does build empathy. And I know over on your Instagram account, you have so many posts about empathy. It's so, so helpful. I adore following you. Where can our listeners connect with you? So if you've listened to us today, please come and say hello. I love being social over on Instagram. So my handle there is Dr. Tracy D. That's where I am on all social platforms. And then of course, I have lots of free resources on my website. So it's drtracyd.com. The one specifically, if you are finding it hard to connect with your partner because of whatever season you're in right now, um, go to drtracyd.com forward slash connect. And there is 100 questions. So I will send you the guide of 100 questions to deepen your relationship. And my husband and I have gone through them and we just absolutely love them. Oh my gosh. I will go and get those questions and I'll get Brendan, my partner, to sit down with me and we'll record some episodes answering them. I love that. I think that would be really fun. We've done similar (laughs) ones with date night questions, but yeah, I think that that would be a really, really fun thing to do. So I'll make sure we have all of those links in the show notes. When we started our conversation, I mentioned the title of your new book. I didn't sign up for this. Is there somewhere that our listeners can sign up so that they can hear when this book is available? Yes, absolutely. That's on my website, drtracyd.com. There's a newsletter link there. It's coming out in September and I just know that so many people are going to read these stories of couples and to say that's me. I see me. Okay. This is me. I'm struggling with this too. And really those stories are about the humanness that we all experience, which is just how hard it is to be in relationship with other people. Congratulations. Thank you. Writing your book. When it is available, make sure you slide into my DMs and let yes. me know so that I, I can remind our listeners, <laughs> but it has been such a pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you so much, Kylie. And thank you to everyone listening to us today. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.